Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome you. Thank you. Appreciate your time and appreciate your diligence um, this afternoon for uh, joining us today on um, our CPR experience. CPR stands for Conflict Produces Resolution. And I am thankful if this is your first time calling in, we welcome you. Thank you. Make, make yourself at home. Take off your shoes wherever you are. I don't know if you're driving or cooking or just sitting down on the couch or at work. Um, but I'm praying that whatever you hear today, it encourages you and strengthens you um, during these times that we are witnessing today. And if you are a person that have listened in before, welcome back. <laughs> we missed you. And um, we thank you for continuing to journey and walk with us. Um, in this way, we uh, give God praise for another day waking us up this morning. Uh, my job today, as the title says, to to, uh, to give CPR, uh, to, to, to push purpose into you, to pump resurrection into you, to pump passion and to pump um, resurrection into your life. That's my job. And I'm looking, I'm praying for success in that. And I just wanted to uh, first thank God once again for waking us up this morning. Um, I woke up five minutes before my alarm clock went off. So it's not the alarm clock um, that woke me up this morning. It is the grace of God and love of God that continues to keep me. Uh, one preacher a long time ago, Pastor Jeremiah Wright, he said, if you want to know if an alarm clock wakes you up, Take an alarm clock to the graveyard and leave it there and see if someone comes out of their grave. And so I am thankful um, for this day and this time. And I'm thankful to be um, in your presence today, welcoming to your home and welcoming to your radio, welcoming me into your house or your job. I'm praying that um, I don't wear out my welcome. I'm praying that um, when when I leave your presence after listening to this, that it's better um, leaving than when I came in. And so that's my prayer today that you're strengthened and that you're blessed by this word today. I'm going to read a scripture. First um, Samuel chapter 18 verses, just one verse, verse 28. I'm going to read from the English standard version. And the word of God says, but when Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michelle, Saul's daughter, loved him. Saul was even more afraid of David. So Saul was David's enemy continually. I would like to speak um, today and give this message the title of the dangers of a present God, the dangers of a present God. God, God, give me preaching power now. Have me um, what you desire me to say um, to your people that are listening. I'm praying that after this word is given, that someone asks the question of what must I do to be saved? Um, because of after everything that has been said, after they pressed the button to listen in, after they clicked on the link and everything that you've worked out to this point, um, the sole purpose of them listening is to draw closer to you, to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior of their lives. And that they turn from their wicked ways and overcome the struggles that have been facing them and plaguing them their entire lives. And so I'm praying that after this message goes forth, that the question of what must I do to be saved is asked. So, God, I'm thanking you in advance for what you're going to do. 
um, during this time in our experience with each other. God bless you. We thank you. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Uh, President Trump this week um, at a rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, spoke on many topics and various issues, um, one of which is the current pandemic we are faced with today. And he gave a very interesting take on what could help decrease the numbers of people affected by the COVID-19 virus. In his mind, he believes the number of people affected will be decreased if the test stop being administered. He screams out to the people at the rally. Just stop doing the testing. And things will change. While that notion might make you laugh on the inside and sounds outrageous and ridiculous. After reconsidering. Spiritually, we are challenged with this same philosophy. That it's dangerous mentally and spiritually for us. To be tested. Because the tests will prove or revealed. What is present and is at work in us. And this is a dangerous, a dangerous revelation, because for some people. What I have in me. Will cause others to treat me differently and distance themselves from me. Because what's on the inside of me is dangerous to their atmosphere and presence. Especially people. Who have pre-existing conditions. Something that is already in them that is making them sick that they need to work on. Will get worse in my presence. And as a result and as a consequence. I have to walk cautiously around them. Put a mask on covering who I really am. And not be allowed to enter certain places and spaces because what is present in me will make them sick. And these kinds of reactions makes me declare to God. Stop the test. God, please stop the test. Stop Revealing things to me and in me. Stop building my purpose and endurance. Stop giving me these encounters where I have to encourage people and lift people up. Stop surrounding me with circumstances that require my faith to be demonstrated. Because the more tests you give, it will reveal what is present on the inside of me. Because I don't want to live a life where my victory is viewed as a virus. And some of us who are listening today, uh, we are right there at that place of thinking because your change is a challenge for people to digest. Oh yes, they can handle you when they could reach you. But the fact that God kept you and lifted you up is hard for some people to handle 
because you going above where they thought you would stay literally and spiritually cast shade on where they are because if you're going higher and the light of Christ is in you, everything that is now beneath you will get shaded. And some people uh, can't handle your shade and can't stand your shade and get offended, not realizing that you're not throwing shade. The shade is the result of where God has taken me. It's not that I think I'm better than you. The truth be told, I'm better than me. I'm at a different place than you. Not that I won't ever go back to where I came from, but because I'm at a different place, the only reason I'll go back is to bring people out and up. I might reference it from time to time, but it's not my residence. And so today I'm going to encourage you just like God told Joshua when he entered the new chapter after Moses passed away. Be strong and courageous. And, and, and then, then, then Joshua began to doubt in his mind and his spirit. And then God had to repeat to Joshua again. He said, did not I say. Be strong and courageous. I believe God is saying in this season. Uh, there is no way for me to be absent from you if I'm the one that's taking you. And that's the challenge that we're all faced with today, because God's presence, while it does get you through it, the seasons in the middle is the challenge. I thank God for exits, but it's the extreme moments in the middle. That challenged me, the ridicule, the pain, the hurt, the struggles, the work. And, and what this story illuminates is while I praise God for his presence, his presence comes with challenges. Some of us have committed suicide and died and and have given up the faith and given up hope and walked away from from everything because the size of the challenge overshadowed the size of your faith in God. And, and here in the text, we are learning that even though the attack is coming, we are not without a defense. I want to declare to you today that you're dangerous to your enemies, your people, places and things you're dangerous to your condition. You're dangerous to your enemies. I know this because your enemies have had a winning record until they were encountered by you. How many lives have been lost by the stuff you're defeating today? How many lives have been destroyed by the stuff you have declared war on today. How many lives have been crushed by the struggles you refuse to be buried in today? Others have died, but you chose to fight. And the text is showing not just how dangerous, dangerous we are, but why his presence is so dangerous. 
In the text, it says, but when Saul knew that the Lord was with David and his daughter, Michelle, loved him, Saul was even more afraid of David. In order to understand this, we, we must look at what happened to Saul. Saul at one point was God's chosen king of Israel. God blessed Saul, caused him to prosper. And then one day God told Saul to take his army and to defeat the Amalekite army because they gave Israel problems on their way out of Egypt. He told Saul to defeat the Amalekite army, sparing no one or nothing. But then Saul told his army to spare the king of the Amalekites, King Agag, and save all the goods and the cattle. Saul then took the goods and made a monument for himself to celebrate himself. And the Bible says as a result of Saul's disobedience, the prophet Samuel rebuked him. And God's spirit left him. And an evil spirit entered him. Saul continued to reign as king, but absent of God's favor. God spoke to the prophet Samuel and declared that he is revealing a new king for Israel. From a very different place. He told Samuel to go to a man named Jesse's house who has sons and that one of his sons is the chosen king. Samuel got to Jesse's house and examined his sons. And while they found favor in Samuel's eyes, they were not the chosen of God. He then told Samuel to not look at the outward appearance because the Lord doesn't see as man sees. Samuel then asked Jesse, does he have another son? And Jesse says, yes, his name is David, but he's out tending to the sheep in the back with the fur and the, and, the, and the mud and the mess and the dung. He's back there dealing with the sheep. Samuel told Jesse to go bring David into the house. And, and then God told Samuel, this is he. I can imagine Samuel's face. But he's 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 dirty. He's he's a little boy. He's he's small. He's. He's never fought battles. He's tending to the sheep. How can this be him? The Lord told Samuel a while back, he doesn't see as man sees. And told Samuel to anoint David. He anointed David. And then David went to serve with Saul. When King Saul had a troubling spirit within him, David would play music to soothe the king of his troubling spirit. Then one day Saul's army was challenged by the Philistine army. And on this day specifically, a soldier by the name of Goliath who prevented Israel from progressing forward, who, who taunted Israel for days, asking for a fight. No one was found brave enough to fight except young David. David told Saul, to let me fight him. Saul said, yes. But then he tried to put David in armor that was too big and uncomfortable. David took to his fight what has brought him victory in the past. 
stones and a slingshot. He killed David and he killed Goliath and cut off his head. Israel celebrated David. And Saul's son, Jonathan, took off his royal garment, his robe, and gave it to David. And, and women came from all over Israel to meet King Saul with songs of joy and instruments. Uh, but then the women began to sing amongst each other, singing, Saul killed thousands and David tens of thousands. This angered Saul. This was a uh, biblical, the first recorded biblical diss song uh, against the king. And his rage and unsettled spirit was against David ever since. And, and I, and I want to tell you that, that God's presence is dangerous because his presence is known to prosper people who have had to fight the most with the least. The presence of God in your life will sometimes illuminate the absence of God in others which will birth an attack on you because they only attack what they lack. Saul was angered by his people singing the song that he only killed thousands and they attribute David killing tens and thousands. While, while the song is untrue in regards of how many people David defeated, the celebration is happening because David's victory was a direct case of quality over quantity. Some people have disdain for you because of your progression and overcoming your battles, not realizing that you had to fight more with less. And that's why you're dangerous, because God always gives his people battles and challenges that are seemingly bigger than them. That's why people can't handle a person of faith, uh, because when we are challenged with mountains, God calls us to climb them. Goliath had more size. He had more respect. He had more fear. He had more fights. But David had more God. And because you have God, it balances the inequality of your fight and tips the scale in your favor. That's why you better not let anyone knock your overcoming and your fight because at one time it was something that was bigger than you. But God gave you the power to take what was above your head and placed it under your feet. That's why when people tell you you're in over your head when you want to change your life, when you want to stop using drugs and alcohol, when you want to change your crazy ways, when you want to fulfill the vision God has placed in you, when you want healing from brokenness, you tell them that's the God I serve who makes his presence known in the things that I thought that were bigger than me. His presence doesn't present things to me that are my size, but he gives me power to overcome the giants in my life. The Goliath sized oppression that has taunted me for years. He gives me power. The addiction that everyone in your family suffered from, he gives you power to overcome it. The sin that has shackled you for years, he gives you power to break the chains from it. The dysfunction that has plagued your family for generation, he gives power to break the cycle. The rape or molestation, he gives you power to be healed and fight back. His presence 
takes what was over my head and gives me the power to place it under my feet. I don't know where you are in your house. I don't know where you are at work or in the car, uh, but you ought to take 10 seconds and just stomp your feet. Stomp your feet uh, as a sign of a thank you to God for all the things that were over your head, but is now under your feet. If you own a home, stump hard. If you rent an apartment, apologize to your neighbors later. If you're at your job, tell them, I'm sorry, I'm making noise. If you're in your car, pull over and stomp and give God praise for taking the things that were over your head that is now under your feet. Saul was even more afraid of David. And so the Bible says he was David's enemy continually. Let's look at the pattern. Saul's fear of David transformed into a fight with David. Saul feared David because Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David. God was out of Saul, but shown to be increasingly effective in David. God's presence is dangerous because it highlights your increase and their decrease. Here's what the Bible shows here. Sometimes your enemies now were once people that needed you during times they couldn't fight for themselves. And as a result, God's hand on you sometimes attracts some hate on you. Saul saw and knew God was with David. It, it wasn't a facade. It wasn't a front. Saul saw and had proof that God was with David. And I want to tell somebody uh, that's listening. The enemy isn't threatened by just the appearance of God in your life. You going to church, you paying tithes or offering, you acting like things are OK. But on the inside, you're toxic, hating your brother, hating on hating on your sister, not forgiving, not changing, not growing. The enemy isn't threatened by just the appearance of God in your life. The enemy is threatened and defeated by the demonstration that God is in your life. The battles that are won behind closed doors where a mask isn't necessary, overcoming the hidden ugliness that that no one sees. Your battles aren't won in a church building. Your battles are won in the house where your addictions are fed where the alternative lifestyle that is hidden from the public in your thoughts and in your private thinking, people get upset with you because they have lost the publishing rights to your story. The moment when your story didn't involve misery anymore, messing up anymore, continuing cycles of dysfunction anymore, the stories they were used to writing about you, they got upset. When your story changed and don't expect everyone to rejoice about your survival, especially the ones that tried to make you a victim. David could deal with Goliath, but it's a totally different challenge to fight people. You have a history with share a faith with 
that you thought were once on your side. The presence of God in your life will give you the painful reality that sometimes the ones you are fighting for and with try to sabotage your survival. Let's look at it again. Saul, uh, uh, when, when David was fighting Goliath, he really didn't believe in David. It's just that nobody else wanted to step up to fight. And then Saul tried to cover David in the armor that worked for him in the past, but would have got David killed in the present. He tried to place David in armor that did not fit his size or capabilities that would have killed him. Then after he killed Goliath, Saul hoped that David would be killed by the Philistines in battle because he was so upset about the song that just highlighted David's possibilities. But David kept winning. It's devastating to your enemies to know that not only did you survive, but you succeeded. How many of us, wherever you are listening, how many of us can praise God and declare that my testimony is not woe is me? My testimony is I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better. I survived it and I'm successfully walking in it. I survived the fall, but now it's time for rehab. I survived the hurt, but now it's time for healing. I survived the worst, but now it's time for better. Because with God, survival is part one and victory is part two. My word in this season to you is to be continued. Proceed, progress, Keep moving, keep growing, keep getting closer, keep living for God, keep your head up, keep your faith. I feel in my spirit that your head is still down. Keep your faith, lift up your head, keep your faith, keep your hope, keep fighting, keep believing, keep pressing. Survival is part one and victory is part two. You're dangerous because God and his two-part battle plan. Survival is part one and your victory is part two. I don't know where you are, but I want you to find a mirror. I want you to pick up your phone and put the camera mode on and look at yourself. I don't know where you are in your house. Go to the bathroom. If you're doing your makeup, I don't know where you are in your house, but I want you to declare, I want to declare to you right now, look at you with your struggle overcoming self. Look at you with your wonderfully made self, look at you. With your dysfunction cycle breaking self, look at you. With your chain removing cycle self, look at you. Looking like a champion that you are, look at you. With your healed self, look at you. With all the stuff you had to encounter, look at you. Surviving all the stuff that people have died from, look at you. Fighting against the depression, look at you. With that smile on your face, but for a whole year you were frowning, look at you. With your beautiful, handsome, look at you. With your strong and delivered self, look at you. Look at what God is doing in you. I want to tell you, scripture show shows us that fear activated a fight. You're fighting not because you are cursed, but because you're feared. 
your overcoming is feared. Whatever your struggle is, the attack is heavy on you because there is a fear of death to that struggle. And sometimes when a person knows they're going to die, they result to desperate measures. Turn up the heat. I'm praying right now. That you understand your worth and your value. You're not cursed. You're not just some bad luck case. The presence of God is dangerous. Because what it exposes about your enemies. And that I'm praying that someone who's dealing with the exposing part in their relationship and their time with you, that you give them strength to understand. That they're not cursed, they're just feared. I'm praying for strength for those who are listening. I'm praying for a closer relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, for those who are listening. I don't know where you are mentally or spiritually, but I'm praying for strength for you. That the fight is coming. But you are not without a defense. The Bible says that he is my defense. God is my defense and I shall not be greatly moved. If God is for me. Who can be against me? I'm praying that you're encouraged and strengthened by this word. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another CPR experience. I love you all. God bless you. Looking forward to hearing from you on the next time you listen. God bless you. Love you.